0: Good morning, family. And truly, we have a great and powerful Lord that we praise and worship and honor every time, hopefully every day. Uh, but this morning, as we get together, we are concentrating on how wonderful and praiseworthy uh, our God truly is. Great to see everyone. Our guests, thank you so much for being here this morning. I want you to know that you're always welcome. Please come back anytime you have a chance. Glad to see you. And it's just, I'm glad to see anybody and everybody today. I thought, oh, no, it's snowing. I woke up, oh, no, we're going to miss it again. I was about to cry. But everything worked out all right, and it kind of quit, and everything was melted off. So you all got to be here. We got to be together uh, once again. Uh, I miss you when I'm not with you. I like to be with you. This morning we we'll talk, be talking about a failed reboot. I have uh, one way of fixing uh, any computer problem that might arise, and that is to restart. It's the only thing I know. If that doesn't work, I restart again, and if that doesn't work, I restart again, and if that doesn't work, I call Corey, right, because there's just so much I can do, that's all I can do, is just reboot it, and if it doesn't work, well, that's the way it is, because that's my way of cleansing things and making them anew again, is by just starting over, right, Uh, now, I know that that's not always the best way, and and again, uh, when it comes to computers, um, I, I know nothing, so therefore, if that doesn't work, I'm out, but, I got to thinking about the failed reboot found in Genesis chapter 6, and I'd like for you guys to think about Genesis chapter 6, and you guys can even turn over and read about it, but what your course you're going to read about is? Yeah, flood. Noah, Noah's Ark, that sort of thing, a story most of the time told to children when they're young. We teach them about the Ark, Noah and the Ark. The interesting thing about Noah and the ark, as a matter of fact, you can probably, um, some of you maybe, maybe had little mobiles above your child swinging around and had an ark there and a bunch of little animals on it and a smiling Noah and all that sort of thing, you know. Did you guys realize the story of Noah and the ark is a story of mass execution, right? I... I Interesting, as I'm getting this lesson together, I'm thinking about how, how tame we want to make a story that is really a tragic and terrible thing that happened. I mean, you're talking about the destruction of, well, it depends on who you look at, but, but uh, you know, billions of people, billions, uh, some estimates say as many or more than are on the earth today, killed during the flood, all right? millions and billions of people that were destroyed all right now i you don't really find that in the story books too much people don't really talk about that very much they don't talk about people screaming and crying for at least a little while while they tried to tread water but drowning all right this is a story of destruction why what happened why did that take place what is the story really about well let's look at a couple verses first of all i want to start off in chapter 6 Verses 5 through 8, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. The human race had become so wicked that it says about that every inclination of the thoughts, every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. I've heard people say, boy, the earth is just, I mean, the people, the world is so bad. Wow. Wow. Not compared to this, evidently. I mean, you're talking about an entire race of people that everything they thought about was evil, okay? Now, it goes on to say that the Lord regretted that He had made human beings on the earth. His heart was deeply troubled, so the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race that I have created. And with them, the animals and the birds and the creatures that move along the ground. I regret that I have made them. But, as you did say to the children, you might have left out all that other part, but you did say to the children, Noah found favor or grace in the eyes of the Lord. Well, the story goes on to say, down in, chapter, in verse 11, the earth was corrupt in God's sight, was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways, and God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end. To all the people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Time to restart. Let's reboot this thing, right? And so, with that comes a story that you have heard since you were a child, we have taught to our children, and yet maybe we've missed the most important point, the most important part of it. And this morning, I'd like to talk about. The failed reboot that took place in Genesis chapter six. Let's pray together before I uh, talk about some different things that I hope will be encouraging to you. Father, we are um, so thankful that you have written down for us uh, in the Bible uh, the things that we can read about and and concentrate on that are just uh, well. They help us to focus and to really think about you, think about the way you care about us, and um, more importantly, maybe the way you think about the way that we live and the way that we conduct ourselves. And, Father, we ask that our hearts will be committed to you, that we will uh, not let evil thoughts and things control us, that, Father, we can uh, truly be pure in heart and and your children. And we ask, Father, that you help us to do that, and we know that the only way that can take place is through you. We thank you, Father, for the grace and mercy that you offer us. As a matter of fact, uh, we certainly, no, not come before you today in, in thinking that somehow we are good enough uh, to be righteous in your sight. We realize that that all comes because of your love for us, your gift of your son who shed his blood, gave his life so that we could have a redemption uh, from our sins. Uh, we are overwhelmed with thankfulness this morning. Help us, Father, as we think about that and as we read and study about some things that you have written down for us, uh, things that happened long ago that make a difference today. Thank you, Father, for this time, and in Christ's name we pray, amen. A few words that I find in that particular section of verses that I'd like to focus on. First of all, have you know, did you notice what God said about people? He said, I regret that I have made people. It's interesting, isn't it, that his, uh, the Bible also says that His heart... Was deeply troubled. Well, I, I found that interesting. and I got to looking in the what's that idea? What does that mean when it says his heart was deeply troubled? He had this feeling of regret or this feeling of matter of fact. As I looked it up, it was it was the idea of being grieved to the heart. So you kind of get the idea of what was happening. It's it's the same words that in other places are translated heartbroken. He was heartbroken because of what they were. He, he had this, uh, in some places, this unfulfilled longing. What's happened? Something's missing. Something's not there. Or despairing frustration. So when the Bible says that God regretted making human beings, it's not because, oh, poof, oh, they're terrible. No, it wasn't that. It was that he wanted this to be a certain way. He wanted to have a certain relationship, things to be done in a certain way, and it wasn't being that way, and, he, and it, didn't, it didn't work out that way. And so therefore, and of course you might even ask, well, didn't God know about that? Well, if God is all-knowing, of course He knew about that. Doesn't change the fact that He's heartbroken. Doesn't change the fact that He has these feelings about His creation. I also noticed in that, there's another word, and I thought about, why is it? Why did He have this regret? Why did He feel this way? Well, we get some clues into that by reading a couple of verses. The first one I thought about was He says it's the wickedness of the human race. God looked at people that he created, and he didn't want that kind of wickedness inside of them. A couple of thoughts, uh, every inclination of our thoughts, well, the human, a human heart was evil all the time. That's what he saw in people. Now, I look at you, and I see your outside. I see the things you do most, some of the time. I don't see all of it, but I see the things you do on the outside. God, no, it's more than that. God sees your thoughts. He knows what you're thinking. So, therefore, he could look at not just you, but the entire human race, and he could see every one of them were having only these evil thoughts all the time. Something was definitely wrong with this picture. It goes on to say that the, all the people of the earth had corrupted their ways. Every one of them had corrupted their ways. The earth is filled. And I thought that's interesting. Why did God feel this way? He said the earth was filled with violence. All right? I see hints of that in, in my society. You guys? You, you see hints of a of, thought, of, of, well, there's a lot of evil things. There's a lot of evil ways and, and people doing a lot of evil things. So I assume, therefore, that their thoughts are, have a lot of evil thoughts. But I also see that there's violence. People are violent toward each other. Not just now. I'm just, I'm just saying that in general... Human beings do this a lot. So therefore, uh, you know, the, the, the idea of violence is something that, that God does not like. He does not want this hurting and, and fighting and uh, you know, the idea of being violent toward one another. One of the reasons he looked at people and said, this is a evil bunch. They have evil thoughts because they were filled with violence. Uh, I, I notice also there's another word, and that is, wait a minute, there's somebody there. He says that Noah found favor in his sight. Something about this guy, right? This is different. There's something about him that's that, that's not like the rest of them. And that's why he found favor in his eyes. And, and, and I, I, Noah was a righteous man. He was blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully with God. Here's the difference. All of these people had these evil thoughts, and that's the way their inclinations go. But Noah, he was, matter of fact, According to the people of his time, he was blameless. Now, of course, he wasn't perfect, but compared to the people of his time, (laughs) he's a pretty good guy, right? Now, I'm not saying compared to the people around you. I'm just saying that in this situation, Noah was the only one that he could find that was, you know, that stood out. He walks faithfully with God. They also say this is in Hebrews chapter 11, and you guys might remember that. Hebrews chapter 11 is the uh, section of verses there where he talks about heroes of faith. Well, Noah is mentioned there and well he should be because I mean this was a big deal that happened during his time it says it was by faith that Noah heard God's warnings about the things that he cannot see all right and didn't know what was gonna but he obeyed God built a large boat and to save his family the reason I point this out is because this is something that evidently Noah was all his life he walked faithfully God the whole time even to the point that he would do what God asked Even when he didn't see what was going to happen, he he wasn't aware of God, that, you know, everything that was going to take place, but he did what God said anyway. He walks faithful with him in his life, his whole life. Sometimes we get this idea, boy, if we could just make a decision to follow Christ, if we could just make a commitment to follow Christ, that is but the beginning of walking faithfully with God. We can't quit that. That has to keep on going. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord, and because of that, he built this boat so it comes a time for the reboot let's do things over matter of fact he says to Noah the water continue or, uh, says about Noah the water continued to rise the boat floated on the water uh, the water rose so much that even the highest mountains were under the sky were covered by it. it continued to rise until it was more than 20 feet above the mountains all living things that moved on the earth died this included all the birds And the tame animals, the wild animals, the creatures that swarmed the earth, as well as all the human beings. So everything on dry land, as well as all the human beings, uh, dry land that had breath of life in it, died. God destroyed from the earth every living thing that was on the land. Every man, animal, crawling things, bird of the sky, all that was left was Noah and what was with him in the boat. I've heard some people say, well, you know, the Bible actually is talking about uh, uh, something that happened in that particular geographical area, and that's the people and the spot that that the flood happened, but it didn't really happen worldwide, and there are times I thought, well, maybe that's correct. Maybe, you know, of course, you know, sometimes the Bible talks about the entire world, but just meaning what was going on right there in that particular area, but when I read this verse... I just got to say, well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was. God says it was. The entire earth was covered up to the tallest mountains, more than 20 foot, and so the whole thing was destroyed. Now, the reason that would be important is because we're talking about a complete reboot. Everything is gone except for what what's right there on that boat at that time. That's what the Bible says. Just Noah, his boys their wives, and these animals. Noah, his wife, the boys, and eight people, right? And and the animals that were there. That's the reboot. Let's start over, and we're going to start over like this, right? So, now what? This has all happened. Everything's been destroyed. What does God say about it? Well, he says, God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Have many children, grow in number, and fill the earth. And as the old song says that when I grew up, and don't you be more troubled than you were. I don't know if you guys ever heard that song before, right? But, I, of course, this is all it says, right? This is what the reboot says. This is what God said to Noah. Now, I assume that also, along with that, would be live according to God's ways. I mean, he says that over and over later. But what I want you to notice is this is what, when it comes to the reboot, all right, we're starting over with you guys. And that's why he says, you populate, you bring it all back. Matter of fact, he says that about the animals, too. Want them to populate, put them back on the earth again. That's the reboot, all right? Restart. Time to start over with just what we have here. Well, you don't have to read very far. As a matter of fact, if you just go down in that particular verse, you'll find that the reboot didn't really work, all right? It says in chapter 8, verse 21, I will never again curse the ground because of human beings, Their thoughts are evil even when they are young, but I will never destroy a living thing on the earth as I did this time. You guys remember the story, right? That's actually the thing about the rainbow, right? Not going to destroy them like that. We taught that to the kids. We might have left out a lot of the story, but we taught them some, some things about it. Well, that's one of them. That's what that rainbow means. But notice what he says about people even right after the reboot happened. He says that their thoughts are evil even when they're young. I didn't change him. Even, matter of fact, even Noah, right? Right, destroying the wicked, that didn't work because that guy, Noah himself. If you're reading on down, you'll find that he, and not just a few verses later, starts getting drunk and doing some weird stuff. I mean, i even Noah, right there, is already showing that. The, wait a minute, you can't just wipe. Matter of fact. It, you, you can't destroy the wicked, doesn't it? Because if that was the case, he'd have had to destroy everybody, including Noah. Because Noah can bring the wickedness right in just like anybody else. couple of points. First one, think about this. Noah was a righteous man in God's sight, but yet he wasn't a sinless man in God's sight. Aren't you thankful? Right? Because evidently there's more to being blameless in God's sight than being perfect in God's sight. Okay. And with that idea, if that were the case, then wait till the next generation because even if that generation was blameless and, and had those things out of there and wickedness out of their life just wait till the next generation they'll bring it in right somebody's going to bring it in and it won't be long because if you're a person that's the way it is that's what God says about this reboot that reboot the wickedness is still there so not going to destroy anything like that anymore not going to have any more floods God said that's not going to happen any longer but that does not mean that destruction won't come. It just means that it won't come like that. He's not going to destroy people like that anymore. That's his promise to us. So the problem is, is that you could do it like that, but the virus is still there. All right? You restarted, you rebooted, but at the base of it, when you get down to it, the virus is still there. Did God know that? Yes, of course God knew that. And so he came up with a different solution. There's a solution to the virus problems. Now, what he did in the flood was he wiped out a lot of the people, okay? But the virus was still there. So therefore, even today, as we human beings have create have went on, the virus or the issue, the wickedness, the troubles, the sinful things are still there. So God says there's going to be a different solution this time. Matter of fact, in First Peter chapter one or three, this is what we read a few minutes ago. God waited patiently in the days of Noah. Uh, while, the, while the boat was being built, he said, And in it, only a few people, eight and all, were saved by the boat through the water. Right? And this water is like baptism, which now saves you. Baptism is not the washing of dirt from the body. It is asking God or getting from God a clean conscience. He's wiping that clean. It saves you. Why? Well, through or by the resurrection, the being Jesus Christ being raised from the dead. In other words, God's done it differently. He's looked at us and he says, wait, there is a reboot. There is a restart. There's a way to begin again. And that happens through Christ, through what he has done. You ever see this screen before? If you have a computer, you've seen this screen before, right? And that screen is restart your computer to finish installing important updates. There's a whole lot of important updates that God wants to put in my life. And it does never quit. It continues on. So the, more, the, what, the reason I wanted to bring this up this morning is because there is a reboot. There is a restart. And it can happen for you any day, anytime you want. If you will give your life to Christ, if you will decide that you're going to confess Him as your Lord, put Him first in your life, if you're going to be baptized into Christ, dying and being buried and resurrected with Him, you too can restart, reboot. And with this, Christ in your life, your life is then different changes things because the updates have been installed. I'm using a lot of computer language, and those of you that don't have computers saying, what in the world are they talking about? Well, the idea being there's things that you put in your life because of Christ. What he does to you makes the way you operate much different. Amen? Your operating system changes. You're coming from a different direction. You act a different way. You live a different life because you've been restarted into something totally different your reboot has come through Christ and what Christ has done and that reboot is successful every time successful every time what Christ does and your commitment to him is cleanse you and make you whole right now I'm not saying you can't get the virus back if you'd like to I'm just saying Christ makes you clean every time you give your life to him you confess him as your Lord you start it over with him in your life I'm talking about dying and being buried and resurrected. Your life is gone. You now live in Christ. If that is the case, then the reboot has happened. And the restart is, from this point on, I give my life to my Lord. I belong to Him. So uh, you, you can still tell your kids a story of Noah and the ark, all right? but remember what it's really all about. Mass execution. Lots of people dying. All right? And if you're going to talk about Noah and the ark, talk about why that took place. Because it is in that that we can start to see, wait a minute, there's a different way of life. There's a different direction we're supposed to be going with our life. And if we let those wicked things and evil things in our life, we can know assuredly that we are not being what our God wants us to be.